Hello, and welcome to the Confident Sober Women podcast. I'm your guide, Shelby John. I'm the mother of three, wife to one, and sober since July 1st, 2002. As sober women, we have something huge in common. And when we share our lives and our stories with each other, we feel that sense of belonging and connection so we know we are no longer alone. In this podcast, you will hear real-life talk about building confidence and transforming your life beyond recovery. So come on, let's talk. Hello, Sober Ladies, and Happy New Year. I wanted to take some time today to share with you five of the things that I've learned this year. I know it sounds so cliche, right? And everybody's doing it, and honestly... It's typically not my style to follow the crowd in that way, and I'm always turned off by the new year, new you type of stuff. But this year, this year is what's on everyone's mind, and more importantly, what's been on our hearts. I don't know about you, but the emotional roller coaster that is 2020, to me, was the hardest part. The ups and downs and the cancellations was a lot to process. And not really for me, but for my kids. Of course, we were so grateful. There was a lot of things to be excited about and things that were different that were good. But there was also a lot for us that was heavy and felt like a lot of sadness and grief even. For Ryan and I, things were fairly normal, except he worked at home three days a week. And um, honestly, we were just thankful that we both still had jobs. And like I've said a million times before, I was reminded I can stay sober under any and all circumstances, no matter what. It is possible. But our three kids have had lots of changes, and that has been, I think, the most challenging for us this year. In Maryland, our schools have been closed since last March, except our youngest goes to a tiny private school, and they did open in September five days a week, and they have a lot of precautions, but he's able to go to school every day, which is a huge blessing. But our two high school girls, no dice for in-person learning and no fall sports. Well, that's not true. We did have a few weeks of soccer, which was so much fun, and then it was quickly taken away. And honestly, for us, that has been one of the biggest heartbreaks of all, Of course, our kids missed out on their team sports, but we have missed so much too. We love being there to watch them. We love being social with other families. It gave us something to do, something to be excited about. And this year it was just taken away. My son is a competitive swimmer and there was a lot of confusion whether or not the swim team would restart because the club is attached to a um, a gym or an athletic club. And so you know, was the gym going to reopen? If they did, was the team going to going to start up again? Our head coach was basically adamant about uh, heading south because he didn't want to coach inside the dome over the pool. So we were just in a lot of limbo. So we went to some tryouts and there were some meetings and lots of prayer about what the right choice was for him. And in the end, he decided to stick it out, which has been a great decision for everybody. And we're hopeful that there'll be some swim meets in, in 2021. Our oldest plays club volleyball, and she has been able to do that in some capacity um, with precautions. And we're just hopeful that some of the tournaments that they're scheduled for will go off this year. 
So here are the five things that I learned that stand out to me the most. I think there's probably many things, but I just wanted to share these with you and maybe you can relate. So number one, I learned that when five people stay home, 99% of the time, we go through an insane amount of food and toilet paper. I guess I underestimated how much all of us were eating and using the bathroom other places throughout the day and the week under normal circumstances. It's so often now that we've decided to get our septic tank pumped again this year. Usually we only do it every other year, but we were like, "Mm, there's been a lot of flushes this year. We also make an incredible amount of trash and recycling. Number two, I really learned even more that disappointment is a huge part of life. I've always known this and I talk about it a lot because sadly adulting can often feel like a huge disappointment, even in the best of times, right? But during this past year, it felt like disappointment was lingering around every corner with every phone call from the school board or announcement that the governor was speaking We would gasp in a deep breath and hold it while we waited for the next thing to fall. Man, that was a lot of deep breaths. This is why for us sober women, checking our expectations at the door all of the time is really important because inevitably it's those unmet expectations that lead to the biggest disappointments. I've relearned this concept and frankly, I've gotten a lot better at it the last few months for sure. Number three, we don't really need to leave our house for much of anything anymore. Seriously, even coffee dates can be online. I find myself to be an introverted extrovert these days, so I do get some energy from people. I enjoy socializing and laughing with the crowd, and I love hugs. So I've definitely missed all of those things for sure. But you can literally have fun online. We had Zoom meetings with our college friends. We shared our Easter meal together with family over Zoom. Heck, we even included my brother and his wife in our annual Christmas gift exchange online. There are a ton of online recovery meetings, the 12-step kind, and also other support groups. It's amazing. And Amazon can literally bring you most things you need, and Instacart is my favorite delivery service of all. Instacart was saving my life before the pandemic, and then just it became a household name, right? Even my kids now know how to place an Instacart order. In fact, you can check out the link below if you want to try Instacart as well and get a special promo. It's actually a weird phenomenon to me that there is very little that you have to leave your house for or interact with others to get done. In many ways, this makes me kind of sad, but also creates the opportunity for us to intentionally find ways to interact with others on a regular basis. I find myself now looking for specific times each day to go outside. I really enjoy taking my, my kids places just to get out. And I like reaching out to others about connecting in some way, whether it's going for a walk or going to get coffee. It reminds me that we have to make our own social lives, right? They're not going to just fall into our inboxes by themselves. We have to put some effort in. And when we do, we can connect on deeper levels and have lots of fun. 
The fourth thing I learned is that ism stands for a lot of things. I was told early on in sobriety that alcohol was but a symptom. What they meant was, as a person who struggled with addiction, the issue really isn't the substance. It's the person. Well, really, it's the emotions. Actually, really, it's the discomfort. We use substances to numb out our discomfort for much of our lives. The issue was us. The disease was the hurt, the anxiety, the trauma, abandonment, and loss. The substance was a symptom. And as a woman who's been sober for a few 24 hours now, I rarely think about drinking and drugging anymore. Occasionally I have a moment when I smell someone's red wine or I see those beautiful bottles lined up in a restaurant, but truly it's not part of my regular life. But man, I sure can use a massive amount of refined carbohydrates and sugar when the feelings become too much. In my most vulnerable times, a snarky comment from a teenager, a criticism from my spouse, or a hormonal surge sends me right to the pantry or to Chick-fil-A for a cookies and cream milkshake. The food is a symptom. This is a new-ish experience for me because for many, many years, I was very controlled with my nutrition. I value clean eating. I understand why it's important. I believe in it. And heck, I teach it to other people. But the last few years has challenged me in this way more than ever. And 2020 really won. I learned this year that the ism is still very strong in me. That left untreated, I will find a way to get away from the discomfort, often at the expense of something else. Like the jeans in my closet that don't fit me. I learned that I'm in charge of my emotional experience. I can choose to be miserable or happy. Today I choose the latter and I've committed to certain daily practices, some that are new and some that are decades old, to get and keep me moving through life with an attitude of gratitude and abundance beyond recovery. And number five, I learned this year that so many people have a lot of anger and hate inside of them. This one really surprised me, as I've gone through my adult life mostly thinking that people are good and well-intentioned and generally happy. I guess I was truly living in a fantasy land with my head in the clouds because this year showed me that doesn't seem to be true. In fact, from where I sat behind a screen this year, it seemed to me that most people are filled with anger. Rage, even. Rage that's been oppressed their whole lives, just waiting for a pandemic and an election year to erupt hot lava all over the place. I have a pretty thick skin, and I don't offend easily, or really at all. So I pride myself on being able to withstand some pretty hard stuff. I also believe that it's important for us to stay in difficult conversations, despite the burning coals that might touch your feet. I feel that way because if we run away every time a conversation gets uncomfortable, how are we ever going to be whole as a society? How will we learn to love each other well? How will we discover what we are doing or saying that's hurtful to other people? How can we be better? Now, I don't mean to stay in a conversation and spew hate language or call names. No, never. 
I don't do that. I don't do that despite what's been slung at me at a personal level. Among many things that were thrown my way this year in the midst of staying in difficult conversations, I think my favorite was being called a sadist because I don't think kids need snow days anymore since they can do school online. Really? <laughs> I, was, I was pretty shocked by that one. Can't they just play at three o'clock like they do every other time of the year? This year has been many things. The emotions have run high. The uncertainty and change has been challenging. But honestly, that's just life, right? How much of our lives are generally uncertain? How often are we derailed by some kind of major complication in our life or a car repair or some kind of an illness or loss? So 2020 probably won't be much different. Just a one day at a time walk through this thing called life. So you can take what you've learned. You can be grateful for the good, for sure. You can let go of the bad. And you can make the most of your sober life going forward. You can choose to be miserable or happy. So my message for each of us is that we move forward and we live less out of expectation or habit and more out of intent. And I'll leave you with this final thought. It matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be. J.K. Rowling. See you next week. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode of Confident Sober Women. If you enjoyed this conversation, hit the subscribe button above so you won't miss any upcoming episodes. And hey, if you really loved it, leave me a review. You can learn more about the Sober Freedom Inner Circle membership at www.shelbyjohncoaching.com forward slash inner circle. See you next time.